Good evening, everyone. Swimmins, the whole church celebrates the final solemnity of the year A for us. Uh, you guys know we have three cycles, right? A, B, and C. So this ends A. Christ, the King of the universe, is a solemnity. So we have incense and Father chants. My heart, I say, praise be our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in all things, in all time. Christ, as our King, claims dominion over all creation, all universes, over everything. He alone deserves to receive a throne, not only in the heavens, but also within our hearts. Powerful though he is, he does not win our hearts by force or military conquest. Rather, he invites us to be the people of his eternal and universal kingdom. He does not play upon our instinct to be part of his greatness, for he fulfills it for us. His is not a kingdom of deceit and destruction, but of truth and of life. It is a kingdom not of evil and conceit, but of holiness and grace. It is a kingdom not of exploitation and hatred and violence, but justice and love and true peace. As members of his church, we are called to be a sacrament of this kingdom, a sign to the world of what the kingdom of God really is. My friends, I remind you a sacrament is a visible sign that takes you to invisible grace. The kingdom is already present and yet to come according to the scriptures. It is present among us in imperfect form, but the way in which we live as faithful and faith-filled people will help to bring it to perfection when Christ the King, as the scripture says, he will come again in his glory to his people. I say you need not be unimportant people whose lives are absorbed by trivial living out of inconsequential routines which inevitably leads to a meaningless death. Life is not absurd. It is not some random constellation of happenstance. It is a sharing in one really great movement of history as faithful disciples of Christ the King from sacred scriptures for this solemnity, the first reading from Ezekiel, God is portrayed not so much as a judge to his people, but as someone who cares for them. A good shepherd cares for his flock. Our second reading. At the end of time, Christ will reign as universal king, having overcome all hostile forces, including even death. And our gospel tells us that there will be a judgment. Perhaps we do not know when exactly or how that judgment will happen. But we are told what the followers of Jesus Christ will be judged upon. In the evening, 
of our lives we will be judged on love. In Hebrew, that particular type of love, because there are different types, is known as hesed, covenantal love. Loving others, or as this scripture tells us, not loving others. Not only what you do, but what you did not do. Friends, the second reading, Paul's telling us about Christ has died and he has gone somewhere. And there are others that have followed him somewhere. And he will return. And our gospel reading says the same things. When he comes, meaning he is somewhere, and he brings his angels with them, they are with them, they are somewhere. So I want to talk about this. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm a priest in the Roman Catholic Church, and I am your pastor. That word means shepherd. As a pastor, I am an extension of the archbishop, and even more so to be an example of Christ for you. I have been given the mission for the care of your souls. Where am I getting this from? The Catechism of the Catholic Church. This is achieved by Christ's grace, of course, through the office of priest, prophet, and king, which correlates to something else. I am to teach, to sanctify, and to govern. I'm not going to talk about the government part, because it's boring. It's what I, you guys want to know what it, what it means? It means I have to make decisions about the church and the parish and the school, financial decisions, non-financial. That's the governing, not governing you. You do that on your own. So my friends, here we go. The church herself is a sacrament, a visible sign that leads to an invisible grace. And so it follows then that if the church is its people, then you who are baptized are disciples of Jesus Christ, and each of the members of the church should be a sacrament-like also, being a visible sign that leads others to the Lord and His grace. In this sense, then, the church is to sanctify the world. And I want to talk about this. The human person is of three parts. The physical, your body. The mind, which we call reason. And spirit or soul, whichever you prefer. Are you guys following me? Regarding the spirit, it comes to understand itself not by way of reason, nor necessarily by the tangible by the body, but by being, being able to experience the sacred, that place of the dwelling of the angels and the angelic host. So I was very deliberate when I was saying, Jesus went somewhere, and the angels went somewhere, and people who died in faith went somewhere. 
one necessarily must enter into that dwelling, sanctification, in order to understand these things. So, my friends, here we go. Regarding our universe, it has two parts or realities, the visible and the invisible. And if you say, no, it doesn't, something's wrong with you. Because at every Sunday Mass in our creed, we say, I believe in all that is visible and... Now you're following. The invisible is where the angels live, as well as other spirits, souls of the faithful and the just. So my friends, guess what? Where do you live right now? You live in the visible. But because we are uniquely designed as human beings, we have not only a body and not only a rational mind, but we have a soul which has a unique spiritual intuition. We have great thinkers in our church, and we always have. But what I'm getting at is for you to come to understand the invisible you don't have to be a professor. And it is through that that we experience God. As it is, we are sort of straddling both sides. The visible and the invisible. For we have been built with a sacred space within us, particularly for encountering God on the invisible side of things, so to speak. So, my friends, here we go. I want to talk to you about our world and our culture. In a general way, our culture accepts the idea of the invisible. For example, and this is a very simple way of putting it, right now I can see all of you, and most of you are smiling. One person has dozed off but I won't look in that direction. <laughs> Others are nodding in solidarity with me, but invisibly, perhaps you are pondering, when is he going to be quiet? <laughs> when is he going to stop his homily? You see? Visible and the invisible. And there's more to the visible and invisible. And science knows about it. Young ones, I want you to listen. What I would like you to do is just Google, because everyone Googles everything. Just Google quantum physics, wormholes, black holes, dark matter, and alternate realities. In other words, there's a whole realm of invisible that science is now just beginning to detect by way of mathematics, and scientific testing. And here's the problem. But when it comes to God and angels and spirits, they are scoffed at and considered utter nonsense. Science fiction. Isn't that funny? Science fiction. Do you remember what was science fiction 75 years ago? <laughs> it ain't science fiction anymore. But my friends, we don't have to wait 
50, 75, 100 years because sacred scripture tells us about such things. Our King, Jesus Christ, tells us about such things. Jesus Christ speaks of the invisible, the kingdom. In the reading from for next year on this very same solemnity, you will hear Jesus having a conversation with the person who's going to try to execute him. He asks him, so you're a king? And Jesus says, you say I am. <laughs> and then in that conversation, Jesus eventually gets to, uh, if my kingdom were here. So it's not. My attendants, he's referring to the angels, would smack you around. Okay, I added that. He didn't say that. But he said they would defend him. So Christ speaks about this invisible reality, this kingdom, and all the heavenly hosts and the realms with him. And here is where my heart breaks. So many people have lost touch with that. Such folks have become so confused that they are not even aware of their spiritual intuition. They rely only on the reasoning mind and fleeting emotions. Most have forgotten that the human is not just a bag of flesh and bones that knows how to think. We are filled with spirit. In this, humanity has lost touch with its most truest aspect of itself. And my friends, of late, this has been manifesting itself with so many folks lost a lack of identity, he, she, it, they, them, confusion, and even finally worse, loss of hope. We Catholic Christians need to start speaking with care about these things. To reintroduce people to themselves to that spiritual part of themselves misunderstood or have been long forgotten. To remind them of the dignity given to them by the Creator. Everyone, every single human person. There is no one excluded. This is part of the sanctification, the sanctifying mission of our church to teach to sanctify to love to love to bring people into that realm of the sacred invisible so by contact with it to encounter it it's not even really it, it's a who to reside into it so that they can walk 
and exist in holiness and have joy and peace and love. This is part of the sanctification that Mother Church must be about. This is the part as pastor that I must be about also. We teach here and to sanctify. Now, most of you were, when you were baptized, were babies, so you won't know this, but when you are baptized, the priest or the bishop or the deacon anoints your breastplate and the top of your head. And he anoints you priest, prophet, and king to teach, to sanctify, to govern. What would you be governing? Well, what I'm getting at is that I am your pastor and I must teach and sanctify and govern. But you are baptized Christians. And it says that you are to teach and to sanctify and to govern. And govern over yourself and your wife, I suppose. You don't be afraid about talking about the spirit world. You don't be afraid about talking about it. I know you talk about it. You don't be afraid about talking about it. You guys getting it? If we don't talk about these things, the world will remain where it's at in hopelessness. And that is a great sin. God loves everyone. I love you. Amen?